Hi, everybody. We are back, and we are here to discuss number four. This episode brought to you by the number four and the planet Jupiter. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the number four, which means no court cards this time. We're going to be talking about the four minors of tarot, four of wands, cups, swords, and pentacles or discs, otherwise known as the lords of completion, a luxury, truce, and power. There are alternate names, however. For all of them. For all of them. Okay, so let's do that again. So the lords of completion or perfected, perfected work. work. The four of cups is luxury. Or blended pleasure. Four of Swords is Truce. Or Rest from Strife. And the Four of Pentacles or Discs is Power or... Earthly Power. Earthly Power. Right. Thank you for supplying those. I forgot to write them down. And I... We are also going to be talking about Majors, of course, which means, of course, the Emperor, number from the Big Four, Big Red. <laughs> and other one, of course, by, would by be... By reduction. By reduction would be number 13, the Death Card. The card without name. <laughs> and also, possibly, weirdly, I don't know if it counts or not, the fool. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a stretch. You could, because it certainly has been 22 in the past. Yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's yeah. sort of there. It's sort worth of, mentioning the yeah, way we mentioned exactly. him in the first one. It's worth the mentioning as a potential reduction if it's 22. Right. We do have 22 majors. So, And if there is a 22, it would have to be the fool. All right. And uh, then the Majors by Sephira, we are talking about all of those that connect to Chesed. There are four of those, coincidentally enough. We have the Hierophant, we have Luster Strength, we have the Hermit, and we have Fortune or the Wheel of Fortune. Okay, so shall we talk about some ideas of four? Ideas of four, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the uh, Naples arrangement, the point defined by three coordinates, otherwise known as matter. Yes, matter. Matter. We got to matter. Yes. We're below <laughs> the abyss. We exist. Thank Finally. God. <laughs> Thank Jupiter. We talked about one, two, three, four as point, line, plane, and now we have solid. Yeah. And four is interesting because it's the first number we've talked about that is not a prime. It's the first born thing in the sense it's the first product. So it's the product or a born thing because it's um, procreated from two. Mm -hmm. So either two plus two or two times two. Even times even, even plus even. And that brings in the connection that it has, which we'll surely talk about when we get to Kabbalah with Hokmah. Yeah, absolutely. So we can talk a little bit about some of the ideas that go with four. It's a, it's definitely, as we talked about in the last one, it is a, an idea of completeness, but a completeness that is stable, that doesn't have to yep. go anywhere. The first solid form, so that has not only height and breadth or weight, but depth and time as well. Commonly represented in spatial geometry as the tetrahedon. Tetrahedron. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the tetrahedonistic. <laughs> tetrahedron. Tetrahedon. <laughs> nice. Jupiter for you. He's a tetrahedon. That's for, he's a <clears throat> tetrahedonist. <laughs> and then there's the tetractus, of course, mm -hmm. which is really important. That ties into the mystic number of four, which is 10. So one plus two plus three plus four equals 10, which brings in the whole idea of 
matter, Malkuth, the four elements and the four seasons and the four directions and the quarters and the solstices and equinoxes that quarter of the year and uh, mm-hmm. all things matter are made of. Yeah, pretty much anything that comes in four. Matter <laughs> itself is made out of four particles, mm-hmm. electrons, protons, neutrons, and neutrinos. Hmm. And uh, just to circle back to the tetractus, um, for those of you who are not familiar with what it looks like, it looks like one point stacked over two points, stacked over three points, stacked over four points. So a triangle made of dots. Crowley referred to the four and the tetractus as being a sort of dead end when he's talking about the fours. Mm-hmm. So one of the names for four the, is the uh, tetragrammaton or the fourfold division of God, the yod vav But he says it's four is a dead end because... It's before there was any discovery of the revolving formula of the tetragrammaton where it it becomes cyclic and renewable. Mm. Um, Mm. And also because he says it it brings in the idea of the mystic number 10 with the tetractus because of, and the 10 as being, again, just like in the Bina episode with Saturn, the 10 as the idea of limitation and restriction of Saturn and the material world and the universe. And also um, he mentions that there's no magic square of four squares. And that's another reason it's kind of like a dead end number. Yes. I think he calls the um, four of cups, a dead stop or blind alley. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which seems incredibly negative And yet, it makes sense. Yet there is a magic square for Jupiter, which is in not, it doesn't have four squares, but it's an order four square. So it's a four by four grid of mm-hmm. squares. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there is not one of four squares. In in tarot, we're going to see, we, we see the four playing out in many ways as well. Um, in the four Karubic beasts show up right. a lot. Which again brings in Malkut, you know, the mm-hmm. Tetramorse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not it's, only are there four beasts, but each of them is made of four creatures. In a exactly. Sense, right? so, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. recursively so tetratic. Just, <laughs> just like the square of Jupiter, it's four by four. We have, of course, constant references to elements. We have cube of matter references. Right. Everything that can be divided in four, the directions, the seasons, oh, the four stages of life, uh, infancy, childhood, adulthood, and elderliness. I saw something really interesting in Iamblichus, which was the four mathematical sciences, which are arithmetic, music, geometry, and astronomy. And what's really interesting about it was that they kind of divide it up into two sets of two, in a way. So um, arithmetic is described as the science of quantity, but quantity which is static. Yeah, and then music is the idea of quantity that is in motion, um, orderly change. That's the idea of rhythm and of the duration right. of music. Octaves and all exactly. those divisions. Yeah, yeah, and the way it plays out through time. And then geometry is the science of static size, so size that is, you know, measurable and fixed. But astronomy is the science of size in motion, you know, the mm-hmm. stars in their courses moving through the heavens. So it was kind of an interesting way to conceive of it. Quantity versus size, static versus movement. Hmm. Also, did you know that the number four was said to be a number of Heracles? 
Hercules. Ah, yes. Yeah, because... Interesting. Yeah, his strength and steadiness were said to be derived from the number four. And we don't know whether it was like he had a birthday that was related to four in some way, but... And his famous 12 labors are a multiple of four. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and he was often depicted in kind of a four-square way, like on a pediment that's cubic kind of a thing. The number four, Iamblichus describes as a a stability which binds everything in a pyramidal manner. Like a pyramid. Like a pyramid? <laughs> like a or pyramid. Or like a parameter? I didn't... Oh, no, uh, like a pyramid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Besides these ideas of completion that we've talked about, we also get ideas of equality and harmony and justice because of the yes. twos you were mentioning. Yeah, the idea of four as being law. Reason, law, order, fair mm-hmm. and square. Yeah, because you know? <laughs> every side's the same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's a way in which you can calculate where the area equals the perimeter. There's uh, a famous uh, story about something about that. Which philosopher was it? But he gives he gives a test to a, a slave boy or something, saying, "Oh, I challenge you know, I test you to see if you can double the area of this square." And he says, "Well, that's easy." And he, you know, it's he's got a one inch square, and he just makes it two inches on all the sides. Yeah. He says, "No, no, now that's four times as much." Yeah. Not one time <laughs> as much. So what the secret of doing it is is once you have that four times as much as to draw diagonals in each square and get the that diamond uh, yes, down the diagonal the middle, one. That yeah. Is, that is twice as much rather than four times as much. So that's how you do it. Yeah, it's, that reminds me of something you were saying about squaring the circle a while ago. Yeah, yeah. We also have ideas of uh, of abundance and source, you know, in the sense that, as we like to say, Chesed is the Keter of the lower Sephirot. Right, it's the first, if you don't count Daf, it's Mm -hmm. the first Sephira under the abyss. Right, so in a sense, it's the, the source of all things that we as humans can conceptualize with our puny brains, because everything above it is ineffable. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about, did you watch Neil Gaiman's uh, Good Omens? On... No, but I read the book a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that just came out as a series, and Aziraphale, the angel, is always just saying, you know, the plan is ineffable. And <laughs> there's just like a pause where everyone's like, what does that mean? <laughs> which is which is self-referential. Right, right, which is perfect. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we want to go into correspondences of sure. four at this point. Um, I do want to mention Chesed is, oh, and I don't even know if we've mentioned the translation of Chesed as mercy, right? Right, which is cool because it's the middle of the middle, I mean, it's the middle of the pillar of mercy, the middle sephira of the pillar of mercy. Yes, yes, it's right there in the middle. And actually, if you know about the movement of Hasidism, the Hasidic Jews, they take their name from the idea of chesed. It is the idea of striving to embody chesed, that goodness, kindness, mercy. Mm-hmm. Cool. It is cool. So, yeah, some correspondences we can do. We've got the god name El or Al. Oh, yeah. Which is really mm-hmm. interesting. Uh Law, power, might. Right. So uh, Thelemites will know the book of the law, Liber al Veligis, which is literally the law of Thelema. Mm -hmm. Um, Al or El as Aleph Lamed, which we've talked about in prior episodes, but the ox and the ox code, the the beginnings and the potential um, 
And I also saw Aleph and Lamed described as the winged disc, because I guess one of the symbols is Lamed is a wing, and um, Aleph obviously huh. can be a zero or a, yeah. a disc. I hadn't thought of winged, that. The winged disc is often used as a symbol of divinity and godhead and all that stuff. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting, the winged disc as, yeah. as a um, form of L or Al. Right. And we've got the uh, Demiurge and the Logos, the lesser creator of Genesis, kind of like the lower version of Hokmah, and that's where it kind of gets in. So four is been created from two, either two times two or mm-hmm. two plus two or two squared or however you want to do it. It's a it's a product or uh, four has been begotten from two, just as Hesed has been begotten from Hokmah through Binah, of course, but also directly on the pillar. Hesed is also associated with Abraham, the patriarch. So Abraham is Hesed, and then Isaac is Gevura, and Jacob is Tiferet. And the idea there is that Abraham, of course, what everyone remembers about Abraham was that he loved God so much. There was no limit to his love for God, (laughs) hence the stories that come to us about Abraham. Plus, he lived a really just ridiculous long life. Yeah, great. <laughs> then there's uh, back to the, the idea of Hokma and Hesed's connection and to enforce connection, the god Zeus. Mm-hmm. So Zeus as the all-father belongs mm. in Hokma, but Zeus as the king of the gods and men belongs in Hesed. Yeah. So the, there's like a mm-hmm. connection through Jupiter, Zeus, where... Zeus belongs to both, in, but in different manifestations of Zeus. Yeah, I think particularly when we talk about paternal gods in Hesed, we're talking about father figures as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, creator type right. gods, which are more Keter. Right. They're supposed to be kind, loving father figures and kindly shepherds. And very fertile. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that goes that without more, saying. That would also be, um, <laughs> and Hokma, too. Hokma yeah, is, yeah. is used the All-Father. <laughs> yeah, Pangenitor. <laughs> yes. So some of the names besides Mercy that we've already mentioned are the Tetragrammaton, yod heh vav Jedula. Oh, you mean Gedula. <laughs> you can never say that word. Well, the reason why it's Gedula is because it's, I, I think, I have not been able to find this for sure, but I think it's cognate with Gedol, which just means big. So Gadula is greatness. The big J. The big J. Exactly. So when you do your lesser banishing ritual, you know, instead of saying v'chesed v'gebura, you say mm, v'gadula yeah, yeah. v'gebura. Yeah, yes. But it means the same thing. Right. The power and the glory. The power and the glory. the ages. Yeah. And I think it's actually really, that raises a good point, which is that the... Uh, Chesed and Gevura are thought of as the right and left arms of God. Yes, exactly. So, you know, whereas the right hand, Chesed, gives and gives and gives, the left hand, Gevura, restrains. Takes. <laughs> it takes, but it's more like corrects. it's... Corrects. Yeah, it, it keeps keeps the flow from overwhelming you. Yep. Is a better way to... And you can't really talk about... about- has said without talking a little bit about Gavora because they're yes. relative to each other. They are across from each other and kind of opposites in a way. You know, there there have to be vegetables to go with the ice cream. <laughs> there has to be a sense of challenge in order for you to grow. And that's Gavora. The other thing is that, like, you know, that's why chesed and fours in general are so stable, almost to the point of stagnation, because they need nothing else. 
I saw it described in terms of the magical image and the contrast. So mm-hmm. Hesed is a king on his throne. Yes. I was and Geborah is a king on his chariot. Right. So one right. is a lawgiver in and times of peace and the other is a warrior in times of war. <laughs> and you need both. Yes. That's right. Where's that from? I found that too and I thought it was really I great. don't know. It must have been Crowley or something. It could have been. It could have been Gareth Knight. It could have been John Bonner. It could have mm. been Dion Fortune. I, I don't think it's know. Dion Fortune because I read the exact same quote, and that's we both have that book. Anyway, it is really interesting this idea that you have you know law for times of peace and war for times of conflict, mm-hmm. and you need leadership in both, but it's of a different kind. Leadership, of course, being another concept that we see associated with four throughout tarot. Mm-hmm. So we can do the virtue in the yeah, vice. Yeah, we should do that. So the virtue is obedience. And, well, you can think of that in the simple terms of, you know, oh, being the king or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's also alignment with will. Yes. So uh, Hokma is being will, Hesed is being alignment with that will. Yeah, this is a really interesting idea of obedience, because it's not just blind following, right? To me, this is obedience as in service, like a public servant is usually a leader, right? Mm -hmm. You know, someone who is serving something, but in a much greater sense. someone that is a benevolent ruler is usually adhering to certain laws and Yes, they're and defined they, by their ability uh, and willingness to <clears throat> follow the law. Yes, they are. Uh, the vice. <laughs> it's like, like paragraphs of things that are not being said here. <laughs> the air is thick. The vice are all the vices of those in authority. <laughs> Bigotry, hypocrisy, gluttony, and tyranny. No. <laughs> oh God! Enough said. Enough said. It's 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 really interesting to conceive of the four as like this, you know, this orderly way of approaching the world that is a virtue in itself. I mean, it's sort of like when we when we think of government, we think of it as this faceless entity, but at the same time, it's it's an organization that we all live within and follow and. That, that structure provides at some level. The vision of love. Yeah, that's that's cool. You know, yeah. uh, it, the connection with law there, you know, love is yeah. the law, love under will, the yeah. vision of love. Liber al veligis, you know, that whole um, thing, the, the will, obedient to the will of spirit. Yeah, yeah, that makes me real think about Jupiter as, because of course Jupiter is associated with chesed, as a... God of compassion, you know, Mm -hmm. a lawgiver, a God of compassion. And in a sense, law is nothing but kind of compassion writ large. And that ties into the archangel, Mm -hmm. uh, Zadkiel, who was the prince of mercy. Yes, Zadkiel is cognate with Tzadik, which means the righteous one. Mm -hmm. It sounds a lot like Zadi. Yes, it does. I think they are related. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do you right. I think, angels I think actually in seven 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 it actually has Zadok listed in uh, in one of the columns of the under Jupiter and mm-hmm. uh, four mm-hmm. and it uh, does yeah yeah righteousness yeah, yeah. and law justice the idea of but also four as the idea of Venus Dalit love mm-hmm. so love mm-hmm. and law again go hand in hand right yeah. and then the angels okay uh, the angels 
I probably won't say this one right, but chasmalim? <laughs> um, chasmalim, probably. Yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah, add I some... I forgot to write that add some throatiness to it. Chasmalim. <laughs> Brilliant ones, the Order of Dominions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the archdemon Ashtaroth. Ah, yeah. Is that Astaroth? Is isn't Astaroth a form of Ishtar? Sounds very familiar. I think so. I think there's a connection anyway. Yeah. So a lot of the time, what happens in Christian Kabbalah, anyway, or Hermetic Kabbalah too, is that the demons are merely gods that have been sort of literally demonized. You know, so they are used to supply a spirit entity with kind of a darker cast. One of the things that I think people get a little bit frustrated with, which is that why are you appropriating our gods and making them evil? (laughs) But it is just another system of looking at them. And I think a better way to think of that maybe is to look at these systems of archangels and archdemons and kind of recognize them as not necessarily representatives of pure good or pure evil, but of light and shadow. Right. Two sides of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Each has their place. Wand and scepter time. <laughs> yeah. So those are the magical weapons, the orb, the wand, the scepter, the crook, as in the bishop's crook or yeah. the shepherd's crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the equal armed cross, which brings in, again, the elements of matter. Uh, the magical formula is the tetragrammaton. Right. yod Right. Again, makes you think of the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Yeah, and it does make you think about how, you know, so many of our rituals are based on four, because, you know, the purpose of that in ritual is to orient, orient yourself. Orient yourself with the four directions and the, the elements, yeah. Yeah, and to say, essentially, I am a creature of this world, I belong I in this world. You know, I have a place and I deserve to be listened to in this world. protected on all sides. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's a real statement. And that's why I wear the the equal armed cross. It's basically a way of just saying I belong. You are here. You are here. Then there's the uh, Buddhist meditation, which is friendliness. That seems to go pretty well with Jupiter. Yeah. The the greater benefic. But, there's always a but, you know, the the fourfold shape, the square... As with the triangle, we had the trine. With the mm-hmm. square, we have mm-hmm. the grand square. Yeah, in, that's in, interesting. In astrology, isn't it? which is sort of um, a form of friction, I guess you would say. Yes, yes, and I think you know it's interesting to think about squares in astrology because they are you know signs that have something in common. They share their mm-hmm. mode. All cardinals are square to all other cardinals. Right. All fixed are all yes. are square, and all mutables are square to all other mutables. So, in a sense, there is nothing there to change. Yeah, you know, there's easy flow between elements, but confrontation. Although some of the mm-hmm. them would be opposed to each other rather than square yes. to each other. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Hard aspects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then we have, for other correspondences, for gods, we've already mentioned Zeus in the form of king of gods and men, Amun, Mm -hmm. uh, the Egyptian kind of equivalent to Zeus, I guess, Uh, Poseidon, Wotan, Indra, Mm -hmm. Brahma, and Rainmakers. (laughs) Yeah. 
I guess as rainmakers yeah. as being kind of benevolent, especially mm-hmm. in a farming society where you need rain. <laughs> yeah, and I think these ideas of abundance really tell you something. And the fact that it's tied in with goodness, mercy, justice, fairness, tells you something about the way we think as humans, right? Because to us, uh, the problem is scarcity, right? We're very, very afraid of there not being enough. And the best thing we can think of in all the world, our concept of goodness and God, is there being more than enough. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me, speaking of Jupiter, take some frozen lamb with you home. (laughs) Still got so much lamb off. Awesome. Okay, more correspondences. correspondences. Stones, amethyst, and sapphire, which kind of ties into the colors because the colors Mm -hmm. are also blues and purples, all the the, uh, colors of royalty, I guess, of kingship. Deep violet, blue, deep purple, and then deep azure flecked yellow. Yes, yes, which you can see on the Wheel of Fortune cards Mm -hmm. in, uh, in your deck and in Thoth very clearly. And all blue stones essentially yes, are therefore stones. associated with Jupiter. With Jupiter. As well as the lightning uh ones like Fulgurite. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like Fulgurite. And yeah. I and the other one that I kind of associate with it because it's formed by lightning is that Libyan desert glass. What's that? Really? It's when when lightning strikes the sand of the desert and it melts it into and it makes this really beautiful pale yellow um, That's cool kind of molten glass stone it's very expensive and really cool (laughs) yeah i've not i've not run across that so uh jupiter we also have large things like oaks and uh large animals like elephants and cedar Mm -hmm. and i I also saw for plants olive i guess because of the abundance and the Mm -hmm. generosity of you know the olive Mm -hmm. tree and shamrock which is kind of a fourfold thing that brings luck which is kind of like jupiterian all domesticated animals because they're meek and mild. <laughs> in seven seven seven, the animal listed is unicorn, which I thought Whoa, was really interesting. That's different. Yeah, I'm not sure hmm. how they get that. I'd have to give that some thought. Um, and for Jupiter, also we have always spices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of spices, all yeah. the warm spices, and I, I assume that that came to be because they were so expensive. And things that horses like, like apples and oats. Yeah, oh, I guess that's how unif- unicorn ties oh, in the yeah. horse. Mm-hmm. You know, the centaur, yeah. the horse, the um, Sagittarius aspect of Jupiter. I, I right. guess. I guess this, the unicorn could fit because, in a way, it's sort of both Sagittarian and Piscean. In a way, yeah, it is. You can see that, that's right? True. Yeah. Oh, and I have a I have a, a wormhole for us, mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> so in the last episode, remember when we brought up the uh, genethliac values of yes. planets table in seven seven seven? Well, for uh, the Jupiter line, it says the higher love, which makes sense. We've already talked about you know it has the vision of love and the connection mm-hmm. with four and Dalit and da 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 da. But then it says after it Wessenschond of Krauss. Do you know anything about Wessenschund of Kraus? I see. Uh, German-looking uh, word. Wessenschund. Wessenschund. Uh Something to do with knowledge. It's Wessenschund of Krause. I don't know. I can look it up. Oh, well, here's the interesting <laughs> thing. When you type uh-huh. Wessenschund of Krause into the computer, you're uh-huh. not going to get anywhere. Speaking of self-referential, you're going to get just references back to Crowley and 777. No kidding. It's just like 
you don't really find it. Um, yeah. But it was findable eventually because I knew just from the sound of it that he had to be talking about some German philosopher whose last name was Kraus, which is an unfortunately yeah. common German last name. Yeah. But it's Carl uh, <laughs> Kraus. Mm-hmm. When you type in German philosopher Kraus, you get Carl Kraus. And if you pull up the wiki page for Carl Kraus, Carl mm-hmm. uh, Christian Frederick Krauss, mm-hmm. uh, 1781, 1827, was one of the philosophers of identity. And when you read through that page, but if you go and read that wiki page, it's going to mention eventually Vezin, which is an all-inclusive essence mm. that permeates the universe within so itself. So it says, uh, so this guy, Krauss, endeavored to reconcile the ideas of a god known by faith or conscience and the world known to, with the world known to senses. God known by or as conscience is not a personality that implies some sort of limitation, but an all-inclusive essence or vezin, which mm-hmm. contains mm-hmm. the universe within itself. And so he made this religion or philosophy called panentheism as opposed to monotheism or pantheism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the theory of the world and humanity as universal where the divine pervades every part of the universe, but unlike uh, pantheism, God is greater than the, still greater than the universe or somehow separate, even though all is God God contains the universe, or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, God is within it. All, yeah, everything. all is God, all mm-hmm. is one, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So so then I'm thinking about this word, Wesenschund, uh, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, so if if Wesen, Wesen is all-inclusive essence, mm-hmm. I tried putting that into Google Translate, mm-hmm. and it says Wesen is being. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'll buy, but you, Schund. Sound, yeah. Shund finally yeah. figured it out through another term mm-hmm. that I just happened to found by accident, where I found a German phrase called something like, I don't know how you pronounce it, Nugirig, N-E-U-G-I-E-R-I-G, Nugirig Shund. And that means someone who's nosy. Like, it's mm-hmm. a phrase meaning someone who doesn't mind their own business because they're nosy. Hmm. And the, but but it but when in the breakdown of whatever this page I was looking at said that the first word, however you pronounce it, means nosy Neugeri. or like that, yeah. and shund meant looking, hmm. and that makes more sense to me. So if vezin is the all-inclusive essence and shund is looking, you're looking for the essence of God in everything, or hmm. or some, oh, something something like, like that. Something like that. I mean, that's, you know? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense as a yeah. concept, the idea of looking for God within everything. But, you know, it was really interesting, mm-hmm. though, this idea that um, God is in everything in the universe, and the universe is contained in God, but not identical to God, because God still transcends creation somehow. Mm-hmm. And it made it mm-hmm. actually, to bring it back to something sort of relevant, it um, it reminds me of this idea of Hesed as being this uh, beneath the abyss, mm-hmm. but thinking it's God, but mm-hmm. still connected to mm-hmm. tra- God that transcends everything that's above the abyss. Yeah. Or something mm-hmm. like that. That's interesting. Um, actually, the, the concept that comes to mind to me with uh, with Chesed in a German context is the concept of Gerechtigkeit. You know, it means righteousness and justice and that idea that everything is equally measured, which is interesting because you would almost expect mm, that to... That makes sense. 
kind of have to do more with the justice concept right. in tarot. But again, I think it has to do with this idea that <laughs> as humans, we only seem to be able to achieve righteousness when there's more than enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad, but true. Okay. Um, Want to look at cards? Okay. Sounds good to me. Let's look at cards. All right. So I uh, think we were going to do majors first. Yeah. So by number, we talked about uh, the four being related to the emperor, the death, the death, <laughs> the emperor, <laughs> the, the, the emperor, death, and maybe the fool. You know, I was thinking about what do these have in common, particularly the emperor and death. First of all, they're both martial, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aries and Scorpio, the two signs. But I think what might be more relevant in terms of Chesed, or number four, is these qualities of leadership, of being indomitable, of, Mm. you know, not being answerable in some way. Indefeatable. Yeah, yeah. The buck stops here. You know, they're bosses, bosses of life and death. The fool, too, in a sense, in... Mm -hmm. You know, it's unanswerable because it's the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that it turned out to be both of them related to Mars. It is, yeah. It kind of makes you realize that Chesed is nothing without Kivora. Exactly, yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. Literally, right? Left hand and right hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a bit of a divergence, really. But but if you think about the five, which we'll get to next time, you know, the five is the number of the Hierophant, which is connected to Chesed, and the 14, which is Sagittarius, which is of Jupiter. So there's like mm. these interconnections yep. between the two. But, uh, but speaking of the Hierophant, those majors which are connected to Chesed, we have four of them. We have uh, the Hierophant, uh, Strength or Lust, the Hermit, and the Wheel of Fortune. It's interesting to think about what those all have in common. To me, they all kind of tie into this idea of benevolence representing limitless love. Yeah, yes. In some form or right, another. The Hierophant as sort of like a bishop with his crook kind of shepherding the yeah. people. Yeah, there's thing. like a, you know, that, that transfer from Chakma to Chesed, to me, reflects what we see in the Hierophant, the like apostolic transfer of divine love from the godhead to the father (laughs) i I know i say that with great unenthusiasm it's so patriarchal (laughs) but but you know but to me that's like you were saying something before about conscience and to me the hierophant is an Mm. embodiment of conscience right yeah the idea of the of the the moral force of god being contained in the humans somehow or transferred yeah and that path Mm -hmm. between hokma and hesed you know, the the idea of conscience being a form of true will, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that connection with Hokma and true will and Hesed is a more uh, mundane will. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense, the more mundane will. Um, right, and the, the Hierophant mm-hmm. in that position of sort of the holy guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And then we have the powerful path of lustre strength between Hesed and Gevora, which is interesting to think about when you think of concepts of limitless love applied you know combined and and joined with the fiery severity of givora you know you can think of perhaps of the kundalini force rising you know Mm -hmm. that seems like something that's very much of the nature of Mm -hmm. lust but also i think if you think of the you know chesed and givora you can also think of on the strength side love of it. Love and war. 
love and war and courage. I mean, cur- what is courage but a form of love in the face of hardship? Yeah. You know? Yep. Se- seeking within oneself that feeling of benevolence, even when it's being tested by Givora. These four paths, too, have something in common in that if you just look at their correspondences, so mm-hmm. Hierophant, Taurus, Hermit, Virgo, Wheel, mm. Jupiter, Lust, Leo, they're all earthly and kingly. Mm. Like there's two, One earthly, or the other. two earthly and two, king, <laughs> two kingly. Yeah. You know, you've got Jupiter and, and yeah. Leo and Taurus and Virgo. It's kind of, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like heaven and earth kind of going on there. Uh. And then the Hermit one is... Uh, it reminds me, since it's that father-to-son connection, mm-hmm. you know, of the sacrifice of the son and the journey through the darkness that the hermit represents um, in order to... Um, some Something about that divine love needs to be placed in mortal form, you know, sacrificed, redeemed, in order for us to receive it. <laughs> and then the Wheel of Fortune, I think, is, again, a... a like Jupiter. A, yeah, a re- that is the Jupiter one. And it's a representation, I think, of that idea that to us, having enough and more than enough is good fortune. Yeah. You know, that's yep. the transfer of like God shows us his love for us by making sure we have lots, <laughs> lots yeah, of everything. And look, at, look at the path between the greater and the lesser benefits. Exactly. There, right? Yeah. Between Hesed and Netzach. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. If any any path on the tree was bound to be an easy one, More it than would enough. be that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. It would have to be that one. Yeah. If you look in um, the back of seven seven seven, and I think also in the back of the Book of Thoth, it lists some you know correspondences with the Hebrew letters, and this has to be a revision of the seven 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 because the original one in nineteen twelve was before Book of Thoth and his realization about emperor and. Sadi is not the star, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it says in 777, it must have been revised because under Zadi, it says uh, the husband, alchemical sulfur. But then it says the star is the gate of sanctuary, which is mm. interesting. That's interesting. Um, so it's kind of both. In yeah. A way, there. Yeah. Um, and it puts Zadi in the vital triad. It's got a section of vital triads, and it puts it in the vital triad of the three demiurges, which it puts in there. Jupiter, uh, the wheel as Jupiter, the all-father, the three-in-one, it says, Mm -hmm. which I think, I mean, it could be Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but when I think of Jupiter in the three-in-one, I think of uh, Jupiter was said to be three-in-one. There's a saying that I think that was attributed to the oracle at Delphi that said, Jupiter, three godheads in one god. And it was talking about mm-hmm. J- Jupiter and his brothers all being really one god. Like, yeah. It said, Zeus, yeah. Hades, D- Hades slash Dionysus and Poseidon, three gods in one godhead. And you sometimes mm. see that in um, the god uh, Serapis, which mm-hmm. is sort of like a combination of Zeus and Hades and Poseidon all wrapped yeah. up into one one yeah. one dude there. So anyway, <laughs> cool. so in this in this vital triad mm. of the demiurges it gives the wheel, the emperor and the hierophant as the mm. three uh demiurges. So the emperor it says ruler mm-hmm. and the hierophant it says son and priest. Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was interesting. So the all father, the ruler and the son slash priest. Yeah, these demiurge figures are curious. I mean, it's almost like, you know, and this is part of the nature of Hesed itself. We can't quite stand to be too close 
to the divinity, you know? So there has to be a figure in between that mediates it in some way. Yep. Um, Miners? Miners. Miners. The last or mutable, you could say, Deccan. They're not mutable signs. They're cardinal signs. But it's the last Deccan of cardinal signs. So it's where the energy is getting ready to shift. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's it's always the first... um, Deccan of a prince's mm-hmm. domain, Prince or Rider-Waite Smith Knight. So, in a sense, they're trying to, you know, they 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 know this sense of stagnation. Yes, the last Deccan yeah. of a sign is always the first Deccan of a court. That's true. So, in the sense that it's their shadow, it's where they fall in points of weakness. But it's in a sense something that they're overly familiar with. Yes. Why are princes on the move? Because they're leaving fours. <laughs> Leaving stability. Yeah. But, but they're headed for even the greater stability of Tiferet. Exactly. Exactly. The more earth, earthbound or the more... Um, the more balanced. The more accessible stability, and balanced. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference between... I was kind of looking at the differences between the Rider-Waite-Smith fours and the Thoth fours. And what I see in the Rider-Waite-Smith uh, ones is that idea of having more than enough over and over and over, like gathering all these resources in one place. And like the Four of Wands, the Lord of Completion, you don't get that sense of celebration and rest and enjoyment without having an abundance of resources. Otherwise, we're, you know, you get your striving or your, you know, or your suffering or in some way. But there's something about it, too, that's very ritualistic, I think, um, all fours in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea, you know, because that's our connection to that which is beyond us. Mm -hmm. And so... The fourfold nature of things. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And the the four of wands in particular feels to me like the bestowing of a blessing in some way because Mm -hmm. it's got that quality of martial and venal venal (laughs) martial and venusian qualities of like the balance of the two (laughs) well that used to be an okay thing to say (laughs) not so much now but on the thought side I noticed that the cards seem to emphasize more the stability of it you know when you look at that wheel of you know of yeah but also the wheel is turning. But yeah, there is something like very with the balance of Venus and Mars symbols in it. Um, yeah, there's it's complete in that sense. It's like so love and will, love mm-hmm. and the the the, mm-hmm. the four being the the spirit world or archetypal world. Mm-hmm. I guess you would call the four of wands like the purest four where the law part of four is perfected. It is perfected work, right? Right, perfected work. The the name of the card. So it's kind of like... The clue is in the name. (laughs) Right. So it's kind of like, you know, the Venus and Mars kind of balance that it has is uh, love and will in kind of a perfect connection. Yeah, and then the fours of cups. The emo four. The emo four. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one that... It's interesting because even though I think ideas of stability are inherent in the four, this is the one Crowley says is not so stable, um, I guess because it's cups. Yeah. The one he calls a dead stop, a blind alley, um, the idea that you must move on from it. I often use the keyword gathering with the Rider-Waite-Smith cards, and this is like the gathering of emotions, you know, gathering your, your composure. But luxury itself has that feeling of 
having enough, but also having more than enough. Right. You know, in both cards, I think we see that sense of jadedness or world weariness or Mm -hmm. fullness, almost queasiness. And then with the four of swords, you gather your thoughts. And that's the, like, just like the three of swords was most significant of the threes because it was the Saturn ruled Deccan in the Saturn ruled Sephira. Mm, Here we have the Jupiter ruled Sephira and the Jupiter ruled Deccan in the same card. So again, the swords one is kind of the vital one of the uh, four. Yeah, and in both cards, I think there's a real sense of the strength of Chesed, you know, I mean, Crowley likes to describe this as a strong man armed. So, and something similar is going on with, I think, the Rider Wade Smith Four of Swords, where you have someone who is a military person, a soldier, a knight, who is taking a moment to find peace for his mind. Yeah, I guess that in the world of swords, you know, once you get below the abyss, it's swords are kind of, you know, strifey. So even with uh, double Jupiter here, mm-hmm. the best you get is a truce or some rest. Yeah. From it all. Yeah, from, rest from, from strife. The, from, yeah, rest yeah. from strife. Yeah, which is really interesting as a term because it assumes you're going kind of up the tree from the strife of five. Yeah, and maybe you are in, yeah. in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. path working. Yeah, in path working you might be. To me also, the four of swords definitely has that quality of like there being enough space in your mind mm-hmm. like in meditation yeah you know? it's definitely a meditative uh, yeah quality of which makes a lot more sense i mean when you sit down to meditate it feels like going from five to four <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, not like from three to four exactly yeah. you know uh and then uh four of discs this is so interesting because it's like the money in the bank all the material resources gathered in one place this is interesting because having it all but being afraid there's still not enough kind yeah, of thing or, yeah. or hoarding it in the bank and yeah yeah and that being kind of the motivation for the formation of law and constitution you know to make sure that everybody's property is safe mm. <laughs> you know it brings in that vice of gluttony you know, and with power. Yeah. And it also brings in that connection of the four of discs with the 10, you know, that connection of four mm-hmm. and 10, where, you know, in the four, you're kind of uh, holding on to all that money and putting it in the bank. But in the 10, you've accumulated so much that it's meaningless unless you do something with it. Right. At a certain point, when you accumulate enough wealth, the immediate impulse is to save it. <laughs> at some point, when you get to the six, it, you're going to at some make point it just hoarding it. It's yeah. just an object, and it no longer has any meaning. Right, and where it gets meaning is what you can do with it. Think that Crowley calls this the power which dominates and stabilizes everything. Sounds possible. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know he said something about you know being law and order maintained with vigilance. One thing I always like to look at since uh, on the four of pentacles in Rider Wade Smith is the idea that if you look at the four pentacles on this king, if you turn it upside down, that's the bottom of the tree of life. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the Malkut idea that matter is yeah. above anything. Yeah. You know, Malkut on the crown. Mm-hmm. Shall we wrap her up? Okay. That seemed fast. It was faster than the three. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but we had courts for that. And we don't that's have courts true. For this one, that's so true. That's probably why. Okay. So uh, let's go over some themes for the four. We had limitless love and stability, having enough and more than enough, uh, which is 
correlates with generosity and mercy. Right, the third dimension. Oh, yes, solids. Yep, Mm -hmm. the builder and the framework of manifestation. Matter. Yes, matter. Mm Mm-hmm. All matter made of four particles. We have reason, law, and order, and things being fair and square. Righteousness and evenness, equality. But the idea of limitation and restriction because of four's connection with ten as its mystic number. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and five as chesed and givor, the right and left arms of God. The idea of giving and restricting or withholding. The vision of love and the idea, love is the law, love under will, and the virtue of obedience to law for our <laughs> rulers and uh, the vices of those of, of, in authority. <laughs> the idea of obedience as public service versus taking everything for yourself. <laughs> the loving father and kindly shepherd. <laughs> The power and the glory. Oh, the lawgiver versus the warrior. Mm, Yes, the king on his throne versus the king on his chariot. We'll have to remember that king on his chariot when we get to Givura. That's interesting. Yep. The connection to to the chariot. The magical formula of the tetragrammaton. Mm -hmm. The Buddhist meditation of friendliness. The angel Tzadkiel and the idea of righteousness. Concepts of demiurges. Did we mention the god name El? All right. And the book of the law? The patriarch Abraham? Yeah, I think. All righty. Well, I think we've pretty much covered it. And um, we're probably going to take a break for a little while. We've got a book to write. So don't panic. We will be back, but probably not until in the new year. Our deadline is in mid-January. And then we'll be back with the remaining sequence of numbers. So enjoy your holidays and see you then.